Today, we're pleased to introduce you to Vernika Shukla, who was raised in India in a family with deep-rooted beliefs in yoga and Ayurveda. She holds a Bachelor's of Arts degree in philosophy with a major in yoga and a Master of International Business degree from Grenoble Graduate School of Business in London. She is also a pranic healer and strongly believes in healing the mind and body holistically. Vernika's upbringing, passion for yoga, meditation, and natural remedies motivated her to work with certain formulations which ended up in her launching of Kanya, a chakra aromatherapy-inspired product line. Her intention with Kanya is to redefine luxury skincare and take it beyond the superficial level, products that motivate you to deeply inhale and help you come back to yourself. It's such a treat to be able to share our conversation with Vernica today. As we've really embraced the principles of the third place, learning how to have uncomfortable conversations and bringing some of those conversations to you, we've also realized that understanding what drives people is equally important to the conversation. The more we understand what motivates us, as well as the people around us, helps us to lay the foundation of tools to have great conversations and, and to add depth to relationship. So for me, I learned a ton from this conversation just in understanding these common four principles that we all have and how we can do that inner work that leads to such depth. Now, before we get started, pause this recording right now and head over to podcastawards.com to sign up and nominate the third place podcast. We're excited about this nomination and need you to help us to win this award. You can find us under the society and culture section after you sign up. Mary and I have been hosting the Third Place podcast for a year now and are truly honored to be nominated for this award. Thank you so much, and we hope that you enjoy our interview with Vernica. We welcome you to explore the Third Place with us. It is an invitation to the gray space, a space where deeper connections are fostered through challenging, challenging, empowering, and, and engaging dialogue. You will walk away with a deeper understanding of self, equipped to engage with others in life's complex conversations. Thank you for listening. We invite you in to the third place. Hi, Vernica. It's such an honor to host you today on the Third Place Podcast. Hello, David. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, tell us a little bit about who you are. Well, I'm Vernika Shukla. I am the founder of Kanya Luxury Oils. And uh, I'm here because we are going to be talking about the four principles of life. And uh, I'm excited to talk about them and to discuss. I'm really, really honored and thankful that you considered me for this particular opportunity. Yeah, you know, when we, we talk about the third place, the idea of creating a safe place for deeper connections and, and dialogue, it struck us that, you know, understanding our human needs and our human desires is a significant part of this conversation. And especially from the Vedic perspective, you know, we touched on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I think that in the States, a lot of people have taken psychology classes, and maybe they've they've heard of that before. But when it comes to the, the Vedic uh, understanding and the Sanatan culture, that teaching, David first heard of these four basic goals of human life, Kama, which is pleasure, mm-hmm. Artha, which is prosperity, Dharma for service, and Moksha, liberation. And 
we realize that these are critical to understanding how to create a safe space just as it is the basic needs conversation. Mm -hmm. And being that you were born and raised in India and your your work with what you do now, it sounds like you really understand and can start to give us a bit of an understanding of what this means. And our listeners, I would bet, are just as infantile to this understanding as, as David and I are. So maybe you can first start with like, what is this theory from the Vedic world? Yeah, sure. So I guess before we even get to the four principles, I would like to take a step back and look at it, where it is coming from, what it is all about, and why should we even sort of, you know, try to know about it or reflect on it in a way. Everyone, all of us know about yoga, for instance. So in yoga, there are different sort of philosophies or uh there are different ways, right? So for instance, there is a tantric way, there is a Vedic way. So when you're talking about the Vedic way, this is coming from that. So the Vedic culture is known as Sanatan culture. And Sanatan culture literally means eternal culture. Now, a lot of people get confused that it is it is Sanatan Dharma or it is sort of a religion or it is more pertinent to Hindus, which is not true. Because a religion, um, there are certain uh, principles, there are certain doctrines that kind of stay with that specific religion. Whereas in Sanatan culture, whatever we are talking about, it is for everyone, whether you are a Hindu, whether you are a Muslim, whether you are a Christian, whatever the religion be, these are principles for everyone. These are basically, uh, when we are, for instance, if you're talking about the four aims in life or the principles, this, according to Sanatan culture, are like eternal values upon which human uh, evolution is based. And that's why I wanted to kind of clarify that it's not so much about religion. It's more about human evolution or it's more about your own growth. And... The reason because of which I feel that all of us should know about it or reflect on it is because ultimately all of us are looking to grow within and obviously externally too, but that internal growth is very important when you want to grow externally. And this sort of helps with with that. I mean, ultimately, whatever we want to do in life has to kind of support us in our journey here. And this sort of talks about that. Yeah, and I love how that bleeds through all of those different religious backgrounds and the clarity around that, because I think that is exactly the point that at the heart of it all, we have all of these four aims in life in common with one another. And so if we want to have these deeper conversations, or we want to have even the hard conversations of evolution and internal growth by realizing that we have these in common with each other, there's this external growth that's connected to that with other people. Correct, correct. Yeah, and I also think of that distinction is really important with it not being about religion, um, mm -hmm. because by removing that, then it can be so much more all-encompassing. And I, I love how you said that the four basic goals are the four aims, and to me that feels so so intentional and that there is showing that we're all on this journey. Correct. Correct. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, again, coming to the same point, 
unity right so uh, ultimately what yoga is all about it is about union you can say union of yourself with the higher consciousness god higher intelligence whatever you want to call it it's ultimately you are kind of moving towards that union so anything that helps you to have that union helps you to grow in life whenever generally you would see whenever we are uh segregating or we are creating separation we are taking us away from it and in a way we are taking us away from our growth mhm so with these four these four aims in life it's not sequential right is it all that we're seeking each one of them sort of simultaneously and they they stand alone as well as they stand united it kind of depends they are kind of sequential and they are not for instance moksha liberation it is sequential until unless you have other taken care of you cannot really be liberated so they are in a way sequential but they are not there is no hard and fast like sequence there that you have to sort of follow it's more about keeping the principles in mind and having that thought or that overall wider aim to sort of get there or to sort of practice it in your own life if that makes sense yeah totally mm-hmm. so pleasure prosperity service and liberation mm-hmm. let's start to unpack those so give an example of each or how do they present in our lives sure so let me first explain what each one is really so let me talk about artha first right earth so in uh, sanskrit language you will see everything has an a especially when we start writing in, in in english everything has an a so what you would call artha is actually earth oh. in hindi or in sanskrit so artha is basically we are talking about material wealth here generally when you are on a spiritual journey a lot of us and i myself also frankly have gone through that phase where i'm like wait if i am really thinking about making money earning money having money am i really following the right spiritual path i'm sure like many 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 people out there would agree you know you kind of feel that am i doing the right thing why am i thinking about money why do i need money do i really need money yes i need money for my basic necessities but do i really need money so this this artha concept or this specific aim talks more about that so earth means material wealth and it is required because once a person has attained it and is satisfied with it and the mind is sort of free from anxiety when you're not thinking about oh my god where is you know money going to come from for like after a month for my rent or for the food or whatever you you cannot really talk about spirituality to someone who doesn't have food on on you know on the plate so that's what this pertains to so once a person has attained and is satisfied and is, and his mind is free from that anxiety that's when we say okay your artha this is your artha or this is the aim that you need to kind of fulfill in your own life and that's why you have to be sort of uh, fully independent when it comes to the specific aim now this 
aim should be fulfilled, but it should not blow to one's ego or should not be like, this aim is the only aim in life. And that's why we are talking about balance or the other aims in life. So that's why there's not a sequence, but this aim is sort of out there. This is sort of called the first aim in a way. And one must strive for it to find balance in the spiritual and material life. Yeah. What I hear a part of that is, um, and of course, the numbers may be different now than the last time I read it. But generally speaking, there's there's a number between 80 and $100,000 per year that when a family makes uh, that that number means all, all your needs can be met. And then anything above mm-hmm. that, like it's a, it's related to happiness. Anything below mm-hmm. that number, you're really struggling and happiness is a factor. And, and, but when you hit this number, you can pretty much acquire all the things that would make you and your family happy. And then the percentage of happiness that goes up beyond that number, above that number doesn't change after that. That it's kind of mm-hmm. like this minimum happiness number now, and I imagine that's and number varies in where you live in the United States. Where I live in Ohio, the cost of living is low. In New York and Colorado, <laughs> it's high, so the numbers are different. But, but generally speaking, there is this line where getting to it is where like happiness can be maximized with number above it. It it doesn't go much further in your happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which sounds like the freedom from anxiety. Right, it's the, exactly. That, that's the, it's kind of interesting that there's been a defined benchmark with that numerically because I otherwise when I think of, of Arta, I think of it as being such a person by person, the way that they consider what is prosperous to them, what is that freedom from anxiety and and what actually is the number that helps them feel satisfaction? Because that is just like such a variance from person to person. Correct, correct. And I think it's also, I would like to point out that there is a slight difference between prosperity and abundance. Yeah. I can feel that I have all that I need and feel abundant, but I can still not be prosperous. Mm. So that is exactly what we are talking about when we are talking about those four aims in life, that it's a feeling, yes, your basic needs have to be met. But when you reach that level, that anxiety to attain more is not there. Yes, you welcome it if it's there. But you are not anxious for it. You are not like, I need to get this or I should have this or should have that. Mm. That is when that goal is met mm-hmm. or that aim is, that, that's when you're really literally working towards that aim. Yeah, and that is such a spiritual approach to material wealth. Correct. Yes, that does, that resonates with me um, where it's not this seeking feeling, but it's this like, reframing of what that means essentially to make it a spiritual process correct correct and it's also uh when you feel abundant you feel that gratitude or you feel thankful naturally and ultimately gratitude is really i feel it's the very basic uh sort of root for your spiritual journey when you're thankful for what you have and who you are and everything that's around you that's when you start in a way Mm, beautiful so then what's the second aim so it's karma calm 
which you're saying pleasure. Now, again, here I would like to differentiate or, you know, kind of take it to another level a little bit. Um, so for me, the way I look at it, calm is, yes, it is pleasure. But here we are talking about, when we're talking about aims in life, we are mainly talking about emotional fulfillment. So there's a slight difference between pleasure and emotional fulfillment. Again, coming to spirituality or, you know, if you're talking about the spiritual goals, pleasure is something that you are seeking and you have attachment to it. Whereas here, what you're trying to do is you're trying to fulfill your emotional needs so that they don't bother you anymore. And you have a strong base right there. You feel that you're fulfilled or your emotional needs are fulfilled and they are not pulling you down when you start your spiritual journey. So uh, calm actually is associated with romance, with sometimes uh, your sexual engagements, with sometimes a lot of things, anything related to pleasure. When you talk about calm, well, that's what you mean. But that's why I wanted to really talk about the emotional fulfillment part, which is actually the base here. So is there an example in your personal life of um, when it comes to pleasure? I imagine this also would then apply to like food and drink. Would that be a part of pleasure seeking as well or no? Well, food and drink, according to me, will fall more under earth. Because it mm. is a way for you to nourish your body. Mm. And it is the very basic for you to live. So the pleasure you are getting from it is again sort of an attachment. Which if you are talking about the spiritual journey or really talking about the aim of life. Which really shouldn't be there. Yes. So generally you must have heard that they say that you should eat for what nourishes your body, not for your tongue or not for your taste buds. Mm, I've never heard that before. And that is what exactly it is all about. Like, in fact, you know, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about Ayurveda here also, because again, we were coming from there. David was coming from there. But for instance, there are five different type of tastes, right? You need to have bitter. In your food, you need to have salt, you need to have sweet, you need to have, you need to have sour. So you need to have all those for your, for a balance in your system. Right now, can, are you going to really have pleasure towards something that's tasting really bitter? No. But do you really need it? Yes. So mm -hmm. that's why I, I don't like to call karma pleasure. I like to, for me, or the way I understand it and the way I, kind of uh, figure it out. Mm -hmm. uh, it is more about that emotional fulfillment that you need to take care of. I'll talk about a simple meditation, okay? If I'm trying to advance spiritually or grow personally or even meditate and I'm anxious about I'm not being loved, nobody respects me, nobody knows what I'm feeling, nobody thinks about me. If these thoughts are bothering me, am I really going anywhere? I'm not. They'll sort of pull me down. But only when these these things are taken care of, my emotional needs are taken care of, I can think about growing. Now, that is why here I'll talk about pleasure. Do I have to be like, okay, 
XYZ loves me and maybe that person needs to love me like this. Now that is taking it to another level. That's really not your aim in life. So like what I'm what I'm hearing and trying to relate to is like the things that give me hope or the things that cause those emotions, like choosing to think about success or choosing to recognize the joy moments in my life or the happiness moments and, and the things that spark those emotions and even choosing to focus and reflect on those so that we can kind of, when the negative emotions arise, we, we, we can choose to focus on those as well, but we're trying to really create the base of that negative brings me down there. What is the value the negative emotion is bringing, but how do I choose to move forward in more of these positive emotion connections? Correct. Correct. Which also sounds like finding partnership, if that's where you get your emotional needs met. Absolutely. You know, in American culture, I think pleasure is assigned to food and drink more. And that really it's it's sort of stripping that away and it's focusing on more of the emotional needs with our connections with, with others and with ourself. Correct. Correct. And again, emotional needs sort of vary. Your emotional needs will be different from David's, will be different from mine. So, And that is why it's our unique journey. Mm-hmm. And we need to fulfill our emotional needs based on our needs, not based on XYZ needs. And look at it at a very, very basic level that, okay, if this is taken care of, I am okay. And I can think about the next step in a way. Mm. I just appreciate the modesty of the approach, you know, that there's this excessive need, I guess, Mm -hmm. that I think that what you're hitting home with is that when can we really break it down to uh, what are your emotional needs? And it's not these uh, hard to reach really on many occasions, hard to satisfy emotional needs, but what are the ones that like you can distill down to something very, very basic and that basic maybe has a negative connotation, but to me that means that you get satisfaction or those aims are feeling fulfilled and abundant quicker. Yeah. Basic, like not simple, but basic, like foundational. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Correct. Correct. You know, the more that I think about it, and again, whatever I'm saying here, it's based on my experience, my limited knowledge and my upbringing. There's just so many things like the way I've lived my life or whatever I've learned in life. It's based on that. So there is no hard and fast that, okay, this is what it is or it is supposed to be. But I think it's what's what's beautiful about it is that it gives you an overall sort of skeleton to kind of help you or you know you know how to operate so okay this is the path this is now how you're going to take that path is up to you and the way mary is going to take that part or the way david is going to take that part or the way veronica is going to take that part will depend on each one of us yeah i'm learning so much so this is this is amazing um so dharma is is that correct service is the next one yes Yes. So dharma, you can say service. Uh, I would like to talk about it as duty. So in India, dharma is called the religion. It's basically the religion. But here I'm going to talk about it as dharma, as in this is my dharma, this is my duty. It's a very, very broad concept. There can be so many different ways you can talk about it. But when we talk about duty, it's it's first, it needs to be towards yourself, mm-hmm. keeping your body healthy, 
taking care of yourself, taking care of your mind and body, both, not just your body. And first, that has been taken care of. Then I'm able to offer that duty towards others, to my family, to my friends, towards society. So literally what it is, is your duties are basically your uh, fulfilling obligations that benefit yourself and benefit others. Now, I'll go back to Mary's point earlier that we discussed in the beginning, are they sequential? So now, when we are looking at it, for me, Artha, when my basic needs are met, I'm able to think about karma or my emotional needs to an extent. When that is being met, I'm able to take care of myself, right? And my body, and I'm able to offer it to others as well. So that's why I said they can be sequential and they they are kind of also, they kind of go together because for some person, emotional needs may be higher. There are some people out there and I've seen that their duty or their their wish to, you know, do their dharma is so intense that it kind of takes over their emotional needs. That is sort of an emotional need for them to be able to offer their service to others. So is, does this fall in, you know, work and vocation? Yeah, it, it can fall anywhere. Like, mm-hmm. it's so for me, for instance, uh, my duty towards myself uh is to obviously take care of myself in a way that I'm able to take care of my kids, like as a mother. Now, my duty as an entrepreneur is, again, that I need to take care of myself in a way that I'm able to take care of my business. (laughs) So that filling your own cup concept is very true here, but it's all taking it to another level that you're filling your own cup so that you're able to fill others also. And that kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, and it it sounds very similar to the the idea of an oxygen mask on the airplane, put yours on first. Correct. And it is so that you can help the other people. Like if the self-duty is, a yes, it is sequential, but it is also truly a duty to self so that you can fulfill the duty to serve those around you. Correct, correct. And, and seva, dharma seva, as you were talking about it in a, in, in a different way, Seva is extremely, extremely important. And I would like to go back to Artha here. So if I have a lot, I feel abundant. And I have Seva in my heart. I am able to offer it as duty, as dharma, and I'm able to offer it to others. So you see what I was saying? They kind of go Mm -hmm. together also. So... There is a sequence, they also kind of go together and there's just so many different ways you can look at it. Ultimately, it's really all about you becoming or, you know, trying to or really striving towards being a beautiful you and all encompassing. Right. And then when there is abundance in any one of the aims, then that can be transferred or bestowed upon your community or others. Correct. And so that can be in the, in the Arta way, maybe that is in a financial way, right? Correct. Um, and then in, of course, the duty way, then it's truly more your time or your physical capacity. And then in the 
in the Kama way, it's that emotional, you know, holding space for others, being there emotionally, being able to to care for for others and uh, hold their emotional weight if they are are not able to. I I see the total holistic approach and how they they interact with one another. Yeah, like even even Kama, like the abundance. If you're in a position or if your stage of life is overflowing with joy. You know, and there is that abundance of that emotion. That's a time where you can be truly reaching out to someone who needs hope, who needs um, some care, who needs some shelter from emotional pain, you know, and, and how fluid the relationships always are, where even moments of life, I might have an abundance in a positive emotion and can overflow it with my community and other moments in my life where I have uh, not enough of that safety and those emotions. And so I'm leaning into my community who might be abundant in, in that way. Correct, correct. Very true. Hmm. So again, there is a sequence if you want to look at it that way and then they are yeah. going together. Yeah, that's great. So that takes us to liberation. Mm -hmm. Moksha. Moksha is really your desire for freedom and your desire for freedom is planted in you when you kind of are still in the womb. A baby lives in perfect harmony and peace and that feeling of, you know, that total uh, self-contained harmony, that becomes a motivation in our later life or later stages of life to attain peace and bliss within. So that is really where that that seed is kind of coming from and whether we realize it or not we are always always aiming to to be that way again and that's what the liberation is all about again if you have artha fulfilled if you have karma fulfilled if you're offering your duties to yourself and others the way you want to you kind of are in a stage where you feel liberated you know, that peaceful in that self-contained harmony with yourself. Moksha always doesn't have to mean that you have to die. Mm. Here I'm talking about liberation in a way, in the sense that it's that harmony within you when you are able to take care of your aims in life and able to lead, a, you know, a fulfilled life. I think the key word that you said here is, is harmony. Mm -hmm. Because I think liberation can sometimes be perceived as that I want to be free from these ties, like, and that liberation can be like, I'm just trying to ignore it or um, avoid it. Mm -hmm. And, and that to me, it's the total opposite. It's the deep immersion in it that then that journey or that approach can be harmonious and that that actually is a um, that's the spiritual journey. And I love that you really pointed out too, that it's while we are from the womb, but like, it's also, it doesn't have to be death that provides this. Correct. Correct. So these four aims are the foundation for all of your essence. And they've led you to this work of Kana. What is Kana? Like, what is the meaning behind that word? And explain a little bit more about now what, what your work is. Sure. So, Kanya, Kanya means a girl in Sanskrit. 
And uh, one of the reasons I decided to use the name Askanya for the company was because um, I was very, very passionate about helping girls uh, in underdeveloped parts of the world. And they kind of really struggle with, you know, a lot of other things. But menstrual hygiene was very close to me because that kind of really is a big, big struggle for them, especially, you know, for people who are not able to take care of themselves and their health. So health, hygiene, education for girls. And I was helping this charity that was sort of helping uh, these girls in rural areas. And that became the inspiration to name it Kanya. And then another reason was Kanya is is really a girl who is, you know, herself in, in her true self, who is just lively. She is that, that essence of nature that, that she needs to be. She's not thinking about how am I looking or how am I talking or how am I operating? She's just she. Yeah, it feels like all of the four. Everything, all of the four coming together. Yes. <laughs> coming together, exactly. It's so it is basically a chakra therapy inspired aroma therapy line of products. And again, my overall intention with each and every product was a skincare is becoming such a big thing. And it's great that we are kind of thinking about taking care of yourself and your superficial layer. But you cannot really take care of it if you're not taking care of yourself internally. Any any of our work, any spiritual work kind of starts with awareness. I'm sure you know about breath work or anything. It starts with their, that awareness. So each and every product I wanted to craft in a manner that it offers that awareness. Because once you have that awareness, you are ready to work on that awareness. Once I know, okay, I'm smelling this. Oh, when I'm smelling throat, I'm it's just going into my sinuses or I'm feeling it like energizing you have that awareness you run with it then rather than just taking it like okay I have this you know body oil throat chakra I'm just applying it and it's like a lotion and I'm done with it no that is not the intention so so yeah I I guess somehow (laughs) all these four aspects kind of came together and helped me to to kind of include all of them in the products and my intention with them. I love that. I love it. So thank you so much for, you know, giving our listeners and David and I some understanding of the Sanatan and culture and how it relates to the four aims. I mean, even just you started to speak in in that language with us, you know, referring to Arta and Kama and and immediately I was able to make make a connection on a much bigger concept. So um, even just in this short little interview, I feel like it's going to be something I'm going to integrate into my own uh, language and understanding of, of what I'm after. What are my aims? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having I me. I learned so much. I learned so much. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as people are, um, I'm sure, going to want to connect with you, where can we find your work? Where can we connect with you on social media? Those kinds of things. Uh, Kanya Luxury Oils is Kanya's uh, Instagram handle. Kanya Luxury Oils is on Facebook as well. Uh, KanyaLife.com is the website. And if they have any questions on on the products, on these aims, on 
uh, yoga, chakras, any of that, I would love to answer them whenever possible, however possible, however I can. <laughs> well, I think you just teased out that there's going to be a part two, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on chakras, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Pranika. What a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you again. Yeah, be well. Third Place Podcast is produced by Podcast Publishing House. If you like what you're hearing, follow us and subscribe at all of your favorite platforms, Apple, Spotify. Also check out the episodes on our website, thirdplacepodcast.com, for additional resources and transcriptions of our episodes. The Third Place is all about continuing the conversation. So make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Third Place Podcast. There you can check out our weekly co-host Happy Hours on IGTV. And if you like what you're hearing and want to continue to support our work, you can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash third place podcast. <laughs>